Genre. Welcome back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and celebrate the movie Spider-Man one donut biting minute at a time. I'm Zach Luna. And I'm Scott Corelli. And today we're talking about minute number four, which starts with the uh, credit for Sam Raimi as director and ends with Mary Jane telling the bus driver to stop the bus. Um, This is, yeah, this is it. We're, we're in, we're in the thick of it now. Um, We we have the, the final transition out of the, um, out of the sequence, the credit sequence itself, and into mm-hmm. the the first visible frames of the movie, um, and we we begin with the uh, the the first of what will eventually be two voiceover bookends to yes. the movie. Yes, the um, the only the only real time that the uh, technique is used in these films is to mm-hmm. sort of top and tail the picture, and I I think it works as a um, as a nice transition space to uh to, to to bring us into i mean voiceover can be tricky voiceover can be dangerous it, it, it can be um if you're not careful with it uh heavy-handed or uh, inappropriate but what i what i love about this voiceover at the very least is it's it's quick informative it uh just brings us right into the world and it's not um it's not telling us what we're seeing on screen mm-hmm. except for the one joke that he makes uh, it is it is setting up the world and and introducing it. It almost feels old timey. It almost feels uh, like the like the adolescent journal musings <laughs> of right of our hero. I will say yeah. I I think um, it is very. You know I I'm I'm a big fan of earnestness. Yeah. Um, in in filmmaking, but mm. I almost feel like this voiceover is a little too earnest. Like yeah. it it does. Um. It it's not. I don't feel like it's setting up the tone of the movie I'm about to watch. Not all like of it, it. it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels a little more dramatic than it needs to be. Yeah. And I, and I feel like largely this is fixed in the sequels. Sure. I feel like the voiceover bookends and the sequels are a little more da- grounded and down to earth. Yeah. It's a like, lighter hand. Uh, right. This, I don't know who Peter's talking to. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't like, is he telling like this? It just sounds like he's telling this grand epic story of Spider-Man. And a lot of it has to do with, it's a combination of two things. It's, mm-hmm. it's the writing with the, um, the additional bits at the beginning of like, you know, mm-hmm. um, what does he say? Oh, this isn't a story for the faint of heart. Yeah. And I, I, 
I, I, I don't really... You sure you want to know? Like, I, I gotta prep you. This is a really, really dark, dangerous uh, tale we're going on, and it's... Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like the opening to, like, a Tales from the Crypt story, not... <laughs> yeah. Not Spider-Man, you know? But I mean, um, yeah, okay, okay, okay. And 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 the reason that I bring it up is yeah. because uh, David Kep's script. Yes. Um, it also opens with the voiceover, but here's what's different about it. And yeah. I really like this. So it starts on, uh, it starts with, it says this, we're in a back alley day. Mm-hmm. The screen is fill, filled by the face of Peter Parker, a 17-year-old boy. High school n- m- must not be any fun for Peter. He's 100% nerd, skinny, zitty, glasses. Mm-hmm. His face is just frozen there, a cringing expression on it, which strikes us odd until we realize the image is freeze-framed. <laughs> and then it says, Peter, voiceover, look. I'm going to warn you right up front. If somebody told you this was a happy story, if somebody said I was just your average, ordinary 17-year-old, not a care in the world, and then the image unfreezes just as a fist punches <laughs> poor Peter and his head snaps back and bounces forward, his eyes roll, voiceover, somebody, somebody lied. lied. That's a great beat. Yeah. It's, it's so much, like, it's earnest, mm-hmm. but it's also not like we're not just like looking at us it's not like a dramatic like oh we're looking at a spider web right right you know right and it really starts you off like feeling for peter yes it does i but i do think there is merit in this sort of slow transition and the uh the that's me reveal joke i think sure i I think that i mean I, lo- here, I love the idea. The, the, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Here, yeah. here, the image freezes again, and then Peter in the voiceover says, that's me, Peter Parker, a.k.a. Spider-Man, but not yet. Gotta go through some ritual humiliation first. All right, I didn't want you to see me like this, but we might as well get this over with. And then he gets punched again. Right. Uh, and we're in the alley with, with Flash Thompson mm-hmm. and uh, two of his friends who are, like, egging him on. Huh. Um, and it's, uh, and it's a whole thing. So they're like in the middle of a fight and he says, you do not talk to her. How many times I got to tell you that? Do you listen when I talk? Hey, I asked you a question. Do you listen when I'm talking to you? And then Peter says, huh? Sorry, I wasn't listening. And then flash punches him in the ribs. (laughs) Uh, that is, that is a screenplayer, uh, a screenwriter. I mean, uh, writing up a storm. Like he's, uh. He was definitely earning the gig there. That's yeah. um that's fun. That's fun. I Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I wonder, you know, in moving from that and the the notes that Sam Raimi had and the um who was the second screenwriter they had come in and make a bunch of adjustments on this um film? Uh, Alvin. Oh, well, start Oh, the second guy? Yeah. Um Scott Rosenberg. Rosenberg. Yeah. Um and we are we are to assume that a lot of the larger deviations we have from David Kep's uh script are Rosenberg related. Right. Um, okay. Right. Yeah, I wonder the, the the thing I always think about when I'm watching this movie in terms of uh what do we choose to show, what do we choose to not show is what does Sam Raimi think it's important for us to spend time on? Cuz there's mm-hmm. this isn't, you know, a modern day blockbuster that's like two and a half hours long or something like that it's you know it's a a a reasonably paced you know fairly normal sized film what is worth spending time on and what isn't worth spending time on and Mm -hmm. a, a change a change this this drastic in terms of our introduction to our character i would assume 
comes from uh, a pretty important place for Sam or for uh, um, that other screenwriter. I I like the idea, obviously, of starting out on Peter Parker's face, him being bullied. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's great. What What's happening here in this scene is a different sort of dweebiness. It's less... Um, it's less an, an immediate act of violence and it's less of a um, a personal one-on-one picking and it's more the the look of all of his peers and nobody... Uh, it's not just one person hating Peter Parker. It's everybody laughing at him or thinking he's... Mm-hmm. You know, that like, how do we demonstrate that um, as, as that opening description says that like, high school is a pretty rough place for Peter Parker. Yeah. It can't just be in the... Um, the description there, how do we show it? And how do we show it in the least amount of time? Uh, I love how snappy the idea of the back alley beatdown is, but I almost think it's less about Peter's place in his uh, in his environment and more about a personal relationship with somebody else. You know what I mean? Yeah, because, yeah. because I, I think it does two things. One, I mean, this is obviously a different Peter. Sure. Um, th- this this character is like less... sassy. <laughs> yeah, he's a little more sassy. He's a little more cynical, uh-huh. it seems like. Yeah. Um, and the whereas the per- Peter in the in the movie is more like earnest and oblivious um, <laughs> yeah. and is just sort of like an underdog, you know, like mm-hmm. he's trying to catch up with that bus and he's he's just like he just that kind of like nerd where you're just like, man, like, yeah, buddy, like, Oh God, you just, you just feel bad for him. We're <laughs> like, this is just like, well, I mean, why are you talking to his girlfriend? Like, right. you know, <laughs> like, oh, okay. So like, pretty, I mean, pretty important yeah. cause and effect there, bud. Like I, right. I feel for you, but you know, this Although is I just, need to point out, I need yeah. to point out how Kep, uh, uh, he, he, uh, he describes Flash Thompson as the leader. He's 17, good looking, and with the body of a 28 year old, which <laughs> just makes me laugh because they probably cast, they would have cast a 28 year old. Right. I do yeah. love this first image in the bus uh, of the like, that girl, that's Mary Jane. When you look around it, and it is so typically Hollywood, you know, 27, 28 year old people <laughs> being uh teenagers in this flick uh especially right. i mean i don't know how legitimately what age uh joe manganiello was i don't even know how to pro- properly pronounce his name um at at filming of it but he Ma- is Maginel- Maginello, Maginello, manganiello something like, i don't know yeah. uh you know joe 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 m from uh from all those movies from magic mike xxl and magic mike uh he <laughs> but he does look so much like an adult man just mm-hmm. hanging out in this in this school bus uh macking on this lady it it is um that it, that's a great bit of description yeah it is and it's also interesting because what what i what i like about this mm-hmm. i do, well i guess what i find interesting about it is mm-hmm. that our first image of a person is Mary Jane Watson. Yes. And of Peter being like, this is a story about her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that, that this, not just, it, yeah. This yeah. Is, yeah. It, Go for it. It like, it like already puts our character, our main character in an under, he's putting himself in an underdog place <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because he's like, this isn't actually about me. It's about her. Right. Yeah. Like the story of how I, you know, became a superhero and saved a bunch of people and had these amazing powers. Not about me. 
you know like right <laughs> like it's about her well uh, yeah a story that like in, in any sort of like basic phrasing what you would assume yeah this is my story i'm here to tell you about it here i am peter parker he's like no if it's a story worth telling it's about a girl mm-hmm. that girl it's it's sappy it's you know a little a little awkwardy like weird naive but it's also mm-hmm. that kind of earnest that you were talking about that it it, right. it is um it's honest and and unaf- unafraid to be uh honest you know that like not not everything about the you know the version of peter parker that we see here especially at the beginning is going to be a, a healthy characterization um he has to overcome certain things about himself and this sort of idea of that girl that i've loved since i you know before i even knew what girls were is is not not a real relationship it's not a real uh um, right. you know worthwhile thing yet uh mm-hmm. but let's see where we go with it i guess is is the sort of the the um the is the agreement we're entering into with the with the storytelling here is okay yeah. we're what sort of like state are we in that we're about to scooch on out of? And it is an awkward, uncomfortable one. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think as snappy and as it would be to have the back alley beatdown version of the opening. um, I I think this is uh, what's right for this film. Uh, But, Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, scripts are meant to be organic documents. Like they're, they're meant to, you know, you write the script and then the director comes on board and is like, okay, well, I'm interested in these things, but not these things. And then the script changes to yeah. to suit the filmmaker. And I think this is the perfect Sam Raimi, you know, Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Uh, that that could have been made at the time. Right. Exactly. Um, and it is. And, uh, yeah. It's a pretty stylish uh, shot at the very least, um, you know coming out of the the webbing or whatever, you know, this that that's its own thing, but that we have this sort of very involved uh, 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 movement going down, you know, from one area to the next, and then we enter, all right, we're in this school bus. We, we right. have this, like, glamorous, you know, we're so close to her face type of thing. And then- Which, which by the way, yeah. I mean, what, what do you, what are your thoughts on, on Kirsten Dunst as- I'm- as MJ and everything and the casting sure. of her and all yeah, of that. I, um, I, I, I think she's great. And I, I think this film specific specifically, um, is a, is a little bit of a case study in that weird, uh, ephemeral, uh, process of, of getting the right cast for, uh, for something assembled. And, um, what they, what they mm-hmm. talk about a lot is this, um, this term called chemistry. So, um, Francie Mazer was a casting director on this um, film, but for a lot of the the big big parts that we deal with, um, you know, like the 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 top leads like uh, Spider Man himself and like Mary Jane or Norman Osborn, um, those sort of decision making casting wise are much more about the producers and the director uh, sp- speaking to or making offers directly to uh, biggerish names or people that they were excited about. Um, and mm-hmm. in this. In this film, at least, the story about um, casting Mary Jane is is about finding the right fit for Toby, because Mary Jane was the last role that they finished casting before production. I mean, it was like down to the wire. Only of only a, a a month or so 
before they actually right. rolled cameras that they got Mary Jane on board for this. Right. And um, essentially, they, they they tested with what was it twenty five actresses? Twenty five, yeah. And and yeah. and to reiterate again that like testing, like doing screen tests, is like way late in the process. You know, like you right. cast your net wide enough and you read a bunch of uh, actors uh, for a particular role. And then call that down in, in your callbacks. And then you'll screen test the like top few that you think might be it. Cause you want to see how they react with the other main actors. You want to see, you right. know, how they, how the, they the screen the test, yeah. the screen test, what it really is, mm -hmm. is like a chemistry test. I exactly. mean, exactly. most of the time, like yeah. sometimes you get those screen tests that are like, I want to see what this person is going to look like in this yeah. movie. So like they'll do like a screen test. Right. In, in something that looks like, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, like a shot that would be in the movie with right. like a, like some kind of like mock-up set that would look like it would be in the movie just mm. to sort of like get an idea of like what this guy or girl is going to look like right. in this movie. And does that work for me? But right. the majority of the screen tests are about chemistry between yes. actors. It's about the, the cast that we're assembling. Do they work together properly? And so the idea of doing, 25 screen tests with Toby and blank Toby and this actress, Toby and right. a different actress, Toby and a third act that we are hundred percent. We, we know who the, the center of our film is. It, it rests on the shoulders of Mr. Cider house rules. Uh, we have to find a Mary Jane that works with him. So that right. Like, Cause, yeah. Cause the thing about it is like, Okay, so one of the biggest criticisms that many people had, including myself when I saw the movie when I was a kid. Right. One of my biggest criticisms was that this isn't Mary Jane. Right. Like, yeah. Like Kirsten this Dunst's character. Mary Jane yeah. is yeah, is not Mary Jane yeah. at all. Not like, this is a different character than the one that is in the the comics uh in right. Amazing Spider-Man. Yes. Mary Jane is more of like a very uh a very confident party girl mm -hmm. you know like kind of like chasing rich guys like she's very much like the veronica to gwen stacy's betty yes exactly and you don't you don't get somebody who says phrases like face it tiger you hit the jackpot without that sort of in, in, in refer you know. in, referring yeah. to herself right right when <laughs> she saying, said jackpot i'm the jackpot check me out like that that is a different type of person um, right. But I, th I think a thing that's worth thinking about in terms of translating characters to screen or in terms of writing characters for screen or something like that is that when we watch somebody on film, we want to have somebody with a full psychology or we like I, in terms of like what makes a character work when we're watching them or the, what we'll accept. We tend to accept things that we find compelling. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and by that, I mean, is a person on screen, a character, are they mm -hmm. honest to the emotional truth of themselves in any given moment? Can I understand right. where they're coming from throughout the film is right. a thing that, you know, is the, the foundation of whether we're going to invest in them or not as an audience. And mm -hmm. in terms of Mary Jane for this movie, I think it would be very tricky to do a traditional version of her where she's an actual full-fledged character uh, I, I without mean, I changing think, something. I think, yeah. I think you could. Yeah. I think the problem is mm. that that character doesn't work opposite the earnestness of Toby, of Toby McGuire's Maguire. Peter Parker. Yeah. 
Yes. You and can't like if 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 I was a casting director in, mm-hmm. you know, 2001, and I was casting this movie. Yeah. If they told me to cast Mary Jane first. Yes. I would have been like, OK, Elijah Dushku. That's who you get. Right. And in Elijah Dushku yeah. is Mary Jane. 100 um, percent. Like and that's, it, and, that's the one that I can buy saying like face a tiger. You just hit the jackpot. Like that's yep. Mary Jane. And they, and but in they order used to do her for that, his, uh, his initial screen test that, um, right before, before they'd officially cast Toby. Um, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that you could do that, but then in order to do that, you would have had to work backwards and cast a Peter Parker that would work. And make sense and have chemistry with that Mary Jane. Exactly. That's not Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker. Exactly. So And so I think what they've done here is mm-hmm. basically made Mary Jane an amalgamation of, of, of the married Mary Jane, which mm-hmm. is the one that gets chilled out after Gwen Stacy dies because yes. Peter goes off on her. Yes. Um, because her solution to the death of Gwen Stacy is like, oh, come out and party with me. And Peter's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> She's dead. I don't want to party. What's wrong with you? Yeah. And like really goes off on her. And then mm. that changed her. Yeah. Cause then she shows up to Gwen Stacy's funeral and mm-hmm. is like, uh, you know, you, you right. You like made me really think about my life. And she kind of mellows out from that point on. And so yeah. she's sort of a combination of that Mary Jane of Gwen Stacy. She's even got the Gwen Stacy hairband. She has the hairband and we do have a scene on a bridge later in the film. So it's right. not as if they weren't aware. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then and then uh, Liz Allen, who is uh, Flash Thompson's girlfriend mm-hmm. and the the character that Peter Parker during the Ditko era was pining after. Yes. He was, she was the, the, you know, the popular, right. The popular girl that he had a crush on, um, that wanted to be with. And so this Mary Jane is sort of an amalgamation of all of those things. But what you get with making it Mary Jane is two things. One, you get the mythology of knowing that Peter is going to marry this girl. Yes. Because he does in the comics. Yes. And two, so you know that there's like, it's like when Superman meets Lois, Lois Lane, Lane or something. Like it, it You're has like, extra oh, well, weight. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, uh, so you get that. And then you also get the fact that she's the girl next door. Yep. Yeah. Which adds a, a element of sweetness and earnestness to their relationship as two characters, not not romantic relationship. I mean, just their relationship as two characters in this film. And it adds that extra layer. And so I think that making her, you know, being as old as I am now and knowing how movies work, I'm like <laughs> looking at this. And I'm like, this is actually a brilliant movie. These are really, really great choices. Yeah. But yeah. there's, there's that knee jerk, uh, danger with, uh, beloved properties like this, that, any deviation feels can almost feel immediately like a betrayal um mm-hmm. coming when i came at this this property at the time um this was around when i had started to read um ultimate ultimate spider-man which had just come out the previous year to or a year and a half before this movie came out and right it was like a build-up to the movie, a build-up right? to the movie yeah and um and they even had brian michael bendis who is the writer on ultimate spider-man come in and do some some tweaks to the, to the script for the film. And 
in in his version of of the film uh, of Spider-Man, because Ultimate Spider-Man, again, was we're going back to the origins of Spider-Man. We're going to go clean slate uh, and do a new take on these characters that they don't have the baggage mm-hmm. of the 40 plus years behind them. What's right. our current day version of Spider-Man instead of 1960s version of Teenage Spider-Man? Uh, they face the same sort of uh, tricky thing where if the most iconic Spider-Man girl is Mary Jane and it's you can have arguments of whether it's Gwen Stacy or Mary Jane, but it's certainly in 2001, 2002, it was Mary Jane. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. If I want to make the origin of Spider-Man when he was in high school, Mary Jane wasn't there. She didn't right. show up until the college years. So if I'm going to do origin of Spider-Man in high school and I'm going to have Mary Jane in it, we have to change fundamentally how that how that character works. And I think the mm-hmm. girl next door childhood friend aspect of it is the best change they made because if they're mm-hmm. not, I'm trying to remember, they're not immediately next door neighbors, I think in Ultimate Spider-Man, but they are, they've been close since they were young. They're old, old, old friends and pals. And Kristen Dunn's been right. talking about her approach to this role was that she and Toby would go off and talk about little character backstory moments. And they'd sort of agreed to this idea that she and Peter were very close friends when they were younger. And they sort of drifted apart in high school when they, you know, you enter your own little cliques and whatnot, uh, those sort of like splits that happen, uh, that they, they had agreed upon a sort of shared backstory for the characters before they even started rolling. And again, they didn't have too much time to prepare it. Um, right. It, so you can't do normal Mary Jane if you're doing this, this sort of film and you can get a lot of mileage out of getting the extra uh, psychological foundations or or, or, or character um, uh, choices and details, their uh, their wants and their desires. If we steal a little bit from all of these other girls and create this new version of Mary Jane that's there from the beginning, mm-hmm. I think it works great. Um, yeah. And I think... Uh, this the the store I, I i love the idea of of this thing they've done 25 uh uh screen tests for this this role and were nervous and late in the game um they were trying to get in touch with Kristen Dunst as an option uh she hadn't screen tested with Toby yet but they liked the idea of her they were they were recording you know Sam Raimi had uh i, I can't remember what it was that well, they, they had wanted yeah. her, they would had wanted her originally mm-hmm. and she was going to come in to screen test, yeah. but, uh, the movie got pushed back right. or, or, but the movie, the, she would have come in, she met with, with Sam Raimi because yeah. Sam Raimi liked her for the part, yeah. but she couldn't do the movie because she was filming another right. movie. Right. So they, they'd already, they knew she was a, a possible good choice, but she was kind of off the table because she was going to do Cat's Meow, which was the, um. Peter Bogdanovich movie that she was filming right. at that time. And they were filming that in Germany. So right. this is and all they were, happening. And they were, she would be, she, she wasn't filming it at the time, but she'd yeah. already signed the contract and right. would be filming it when they would be filming Spider-Man. Right. So right. that, that's like, you know, why she wasn't like top choice from the beginning. You know, that was a, a sort of just the way that the dice are rolled and how things end up in Hollywood and schedules and production wise. Things keep rolling. We're getting down to the wire. They still haven't cast Mary Jane and they move production of Spider-Man back several months to January. They're going to start filming it. And because of that, there was, they could see an opportunity. Well, oh, we could have her read for this role. We -hmm. could uh, touch base on it. The only problem was she's still filming that other movie in 
in Germany. And there was a moment, this like decision that had to happen where they'd worked out a, um, a time and place where they could meet and do a screen test. If the producers flew out with Toby to the near the set of cat's meow in uh, Berlin, I believe. And, uh, and, and met up and were able to film it that they'd set it all out. They, they planned out a a day. They're ready to go do it. And Toby Maguire gets incredibly, incredibly sick. He has strep throat and Mm -hmm. he has to go, he goes to his doctor and they tell him if he has any chance of recovering quickly from this, it's advised that he not travel anywhere. Right. So he shouldn't travel. He shouldn't get on the plane and they can't do this screen test. And there was this moment where it almost didn't happen at all, but Sam Raimi called up Toby and they had some sort of like come to Jesus moment about the sacrifices that are involved (laughs) in like, you know, like what could, you know, we, this is important. We should do it. And they, um, they all got together. They, uh, he said, all right, I'm going to do it. Hopped on the plane that day. They flew out to Berlin. They met with Kristen Dunst and they did a screen test with like three different scenes. The main one being that sort of backyard, moment that'll come up later in the film all in a all in a conference room they sort of mocked up the scenes in a conference room yeah like got uh, little bits of props and like stole lights and equipment from like like any lights we can bring in you know get it going and and from like other rooms and from the hallway (laughs) and stuff hotel thing uh and there's also that really sweet moment where when they show up at the hotel yeah toby goes to his room and there's a note from Kirsten that just says, I know you're sick. Thank you so much for doing this. Right, right. And and I think that note single-handedly got her cast in this movie. Yeah. Because I think that's the reason why they had so much chemistry. Yeah. That he was so he was so uh touched and open to that that they were that they were able to sit down the next day and be flattered or right. uh, or I mean it's there's there's no planning for the actual way that two actors actually mesh together on the day. I mean, I've, Mm -hmm. I've done, uh, short films. I I did a short film once where they had me do chemistry tests all day once. And they were, they were sneaky about it. They didn't tell me I had the part yet. They had other guys there on the day. So they were like, Oh, we're just doing lots of chemistry reads for these things. Um, and they had me read with about eight different actresses for this, um, this scene. Cause it was about like two characters who, we're close friends growing up and we're having this like a uh, moment that might bring them apart, but there had to be like friendship there and chemistry there and like uh, attraction and all sorts of like weird, you know, layers that you might not get out of any two random people. And every single one of the actresses we did a scene with was good. They were, mm-hmm. you know, they came prepared, they did all their homework. They, um, you know, made bold, distinctive choices and we did good jobs of the scene, but, at the end of the day, there was one girl where we sat down and she, you know, uh, gave me some, well, I was about to say uh, a bad word there, but uh, she made fun of uh, this <laughs> notebook I had brought <laughs> and we had, we forgot about the scene we were going to do. And we had this back and forth arguing about whether or not my notebook that I'd brought for the audition was lame. And then we went in and we did the scene and it was like, we'd known each other for years. And mm. that, that type of connection Right, right after that, they grab me and they're like, "That's the one we're getting her." Uh, that's Ooh. what they're looking for. It is, <laughs> and also you're the one. Oh I yeah. Don't think also, we told by you the that. way, uh, <laughs> we, this was all a farce uh, on your part. We just didn't want you to get too big of a head about it. Oh, okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> which was which is fun, but that sort of moment, and you know, uh, Ziskin talks about it uh, 
in the behind the scenes uh, book that we've been referencing that they could tell it worked on the day. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, that's what you need to build a movie off of, uh, especially one that is, that is structured this way. So yeah, Glad they did For it. Sure. And they watched um, on the way on the plane back um, from Berlin. They watched Bring It On that because that was the uh, right. <laughs> that was the, the movie that was showing. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, we do love her. Great. OK, yeah. she can she can carry a flick on her own. And uh, yeah, and it was worth no, it. No, that's and I, I think that's a I think it's a really cool story. And mm. I like, you know, with the whole Mary Jane thing, I mean, I think they took the character in the in the right place. Mm. And what I think is interesting about her being an amalgamation of like all of Peter's love interests. Yeah. Uh, is that, uh, she like, she's this character, Mary Jane, isn't the only character that does that. Like there are other characters that we'll get to when we get to that. And when we get to their arcs through this Sam Raimi trilogy Mm -hmm. and there's characters who are taking on story points and characteristics of characters that you would never think that they would mind would have something in common. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like Harry Osborne, he takes on a characteristic and a story arc of Gwen Stacy's. That's amazing. But we'll talk but about it, it when we get yeah. to it, but yeah. it works like it works like crazy. Great. Yeah. And a lot. And that's, that's the thing. That's, you know, it's it's funny. We're in a world now where comic book movies are are directly adapting particular storylines. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, and and they're not they're not doing them like page for page directly. But I mean, they're literally saying like, okay, Marvel Civil War. We're gonna take that. We're gonna turn it into Captain America Civil War. We're yeah. gonna adapt it for our purposes. Yeah, but it's largely going to be everything that happens in that. But we're yeah. gonna boil it down into a movie. Or, but it is a direct pull from point A to point B. Right. Or like how Whereas, we'll pull like the Extremist series in Iron Man, and and right. This will be the basis for what we do step by step. Right. It'll it'll change obviously, but the arc is directly taken. Right. Um, Whereas this, you know, back in the day, yeah. They used to just take all of comics yeah. of this character, boil it down, and then just use whatever they wanted. Yeah. Like, what, and it, what's the I most effective? I miss that. I yeah. miss that form of adaptation because I feel like that's why these movies are so iconic. Yeah. Whereas, you know, as we'll talk about them when we get there, the Amazing Spider-Man movies aren't iconic. Right. Really. Right. You I know, know, I know and plenty I, of people I think who like them are not saying why. that you shouldn't like them, but I they didn't leave the sort of cultural impact right. that they, that this film. Right. These, and when these, we get yeah. to talk about, there was a lot I like about those movies. Oh, sure. Like, oh, totally. A lot yeah, I like about those movies. I'm looking forward to it because yeah. it'll be a lot of foster for discussion there. But, but this it's, is... It's, you can't argue that these movies had didn't have more of a cultural impact than Amazing Spider-Man did. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and this I think, is, there, this I think is there's a reason for it. Yeah. I think I think the the way they adapted these characters in this story um, did that. So I have a question. So we we mm. bring up Ultimate Spider-Man a lot. Yeah. Um, we get Flash Thompson, mm. uh, but you know I don't know if you have anything on on Joe or not. 
Um, uh, no, I w- I've been searching around a little bit, but I, I haven't found any specific. He was just was... sort of like a, I mean, like a pickup character right. actor at the right. time, right? right? Where he pops um, up. Here this and was there. probably the biggest role that he had at yeah. this point. I'm hoping to find out a little bit more by the time we get to the fight scene um, that we mm-hmm. can talk a little bit more about uh, the process of of Joe. But um, no, go ahead. He's um, he's there. So so yeah. skipping past Joe, the camera yeah. moves down to the donut eater. Yeah. Um, is this supposed to be Kenny McFarlane from Ultimate Spider-Man? Kong? Kong? I don't know. I think, I think he serves the same general purpose, but he's, he's not like, we don't see any other scenes of like him and Flash being close friends. We don't see any scenes of like there being a Peter Parker, I mean, a a Spider-Man fan club. We don't see any scenes of, you know, uh, that sort of, yeah, Archie comics We don't get to know... We don't get to know his high school supporting cast. Yeah. No, we, we don't. We really only get to know Mary Jane and Harry, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's the only thing there. So Right. So, so like, the spider crew, like, I, yeah. that's, not, that's not really a thing in these movies. No, no. But, um, but also, we, yeah. Dude, who, don't, why, like, don't take a bite out of a donut <laughs> and then, and then don't bite out aim of the, the jelly side. away. Yeah, don't. Like, <laughs> Come on, who taught you how to eat a donut? That <laughs> jelly is all over your clothes now. <laughs> I, I, my favorite thing about this, uh, imagining this shot is, Sam Raimi knows how gross that image is of the squirting out thing. We, we know yeah. how, how much it's, it's time to the voiceover in terms of like, <laughs> heck, I'd even take him. That image of the splurting grossness is important. I think of, you each know, Sam, retake. Sam, <laughs> Sam Raimi, uh, like, squirting grossness is just in general important to Sam Raimi. (laughs) Um, And and so I think this is, this might be the only instance of squirting grossness in this movie. I think so. I think it's certainly less than the Cameron draft would have had. Uh, This is right. uh, It's there and it, and and it's important, important enough that in this sort of tracking shot that has like several different marks that have to be hit by, um, whoever's manning this dolly or if it's steady cam and right. the entrances and exits of the actors past the th- like this is a this little moment starting with the wind in her face and then transition to flash transition to donut man is a hard shot to do this would be a complicated setup and we're gonna have to reset that weird donut grossness every single time and if mm-hmm. it were not important it would be too too much of a problem to deal with but right but it was important <laughs> and there it is. Right. Uh, I, I think uh, of that image a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's a good opening shot of the movie. Yeah. I mean, you know, you obviously the opening shot is the, is the, uh, the, uh, uh, the web transition, the thing. web. Yeah, yeah. The establishing shot of the bus, but, right. um, yeah, it's, it's a good opening moment. I mean, we're only two shots into the movie and yeah. we've established a lot in two shots. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool. Also cool. And I mean, I want to save Toby Maguire casting for tomorrow. Yes. Um, But I love that our first shot of Peter is through a window, through, through a mirror, a mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Like we still don't really see the guy. Yeah, really. Yeah. And he's so he's so I mean, this is a very basic thing, but I think it works great. We've got uh, close up, close up moving into a, a pretty tight close-up on Donut Guy immediately to 
he is so small in the frame. Yeah. Spider-Man is so, I mean, he's not Spider-Man yet, but Peter is so small in the frame mm-hmm. compared to. He's, he's, he's a, in a frame, in a frame, in the frame. Yep. Yep. Um, and, and I think that that's on purpose, like, because here's the thing, how many people did we go through to get to him? We went through flash. That's one yep. layer. Yep. We went through donut guy. That's two layers. Mm-hmm. And now we're at a third layer. And we still and don't we're, look we're at him visually, directly. Right. We're visually seeing that third, those three layers within the frame, within the frame, within the frame. Yeah. And at, to show how separated he is from the reality of what was going on in the bus and all yeah. of his peers. Yeah. This is how separate he this is. This is how from distant he is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's great. <sighs> Works like gangbusters. <laughs> yeah, it really does. It really does. Um, also, you know, going toward what you were talking about, how mm-hmm. the opening scene of the kept draft shows Peter as an underdog, mm-hmm. um, where he's, you know, fighting in the alley with flash. Yeah. But what it doesn't do, as you pointed out, is it doesn't establish Peter as an underdog against all of his peers. Yeah. Yeah. Which this does this, this scene does that not only because the whole bus is laughing, but even the bus driver. <laughs> is laughing and it takes it takes mary jane coming up and like telling him come on come on you got like for him to relent from that moment that like which even is even itself is is a lovely little gesture on her part Mm -hmm. like that's a nice character beat for her in the midst of all this yeah well yeah because like you know she what i like about the arc of their relationship over the Mm. course of this movie is you know he goes from what she sees as like a little brother yeah to you know she's romantically pining for him by the end yeah that's a huge arc and you buy it you buy it you track it all the way through yeah Yeah. like it's not a thing where you're just like you roll your eyes like oh come on you thought he was your little brother at the beginning but like Mm. you know the arc of this movie is what a year yeah about you know a lot could happen in a year and you get to see all of those moves and it's it's good and it starts you know (laughs) starts in this moment where he's just like oh come on let my brother on the bus i mean that's kind (laughs) of what's going on here like yeah i know he's annoying but like he has to go to school come on you know yeah lay off him a little bit it's yeah also uh color theory Sure. I love that everyone is in muted colors except for, except Mary, for Mary Jane. Jane. Yeah. Who's in like this bright green sweater. She's got her bright red hair and that purple top. Like she pops. Yeah. Out of there because you, you want, you know, Sam wants her to be the focal point. Yeah. They don't mess around. And again, in the glimpse that we see of Peter, it would be so easy uh, to let's not of the audience. Let's lean into this wink here and always dress Peter in uh, bright reds and oh, yeah. bright pa- blues. Power Ranger him. You, you know, like it'd be so, so easy to do that just for visual <laughs> continuity. But like, no, he should be almost blending into the pavement behind him with his, you yeah. know, his gray thing and his sort of muted colors. He's not. You you don't give that weight to the, the image until it's earned. And right. if the entire point of this opening shot is this is a story about this girl this girl is is the key the key player in the frame color wise um, right yeah it's ugh. it's great 
It's great. It's good stuff. It's good um, stuff. We really like this movie, you guys. Yeah, I don't know uh, if you can tell yet, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> so here, here I thought that the episodes where the movie proper starts, we would get uh, less wordy, and um, not the case, as it turns out, not the case. Oh boy! Uh, but, but I think that's all I got for minute four. I think so too. Yeah, uh, that's right. that worked out well. But um, I guess hey, we'll, we'll, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> we'll be back with uh, with minute five tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I don't know that I I think we'll probably have we have a merch store at duelinggenre.com slash merch, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I assume we will have a Spider Man minute logo shirt at that point. Our logo is uh, artwork done by uh, my good friend Kevin Ziegler. He's amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Drew a, drew a great uh, logo for us. So um, we'll we'll have that up on uh, at our merch store at duelinggenre.com slash merch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tea public store, which is really great because like one, we get a cut of that. And two, uh, you know, you can get shirts of like all kinds of styles and sizes and color. You can get it on any color you want. Um, and, uh, on top of that, you can get like coffee mugs and notebooks and stick, uh, can you do stickers? I don't know if you can do stickers, but you can do all kinds of other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so go check that out, uh, duelinggenre.com slash merch and, uh, be on the lookout for more Spider-Man minute related merchandise, which I'm sure is coming inevitably. (laughs) So, um, all right. Well, uh, we will be back tomorrow with minute five. Bye everybody.